I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Uh, glad to have you guys here on this Friday or whenever you're watching or listening now on Spotify and iHeartRadio and lots of other podcast formats. Uh, we're going to have, I, I think, what, what is going to end up being a very healthy conversation because we're going to talk to someone who has dealt with some issues that is an issue sort of on a you know nationwide scale, but where the rubber meets the road is when it impacts people's lives uh, and negatively, unfortunately, oftentimes. My guest is Christy Lasher, and she has a book called Naturally Curly. Uh, it's a memoir of her life. It is available, by the way, where you, wherever you get books. You can pick that up. Um, but she's she's getting into some things that are very personal, uh, and I can imagine somewhat difficult at times to talk about. And so I appreciate her being willing to come on tell her story, talk about the issues, and hopefully benefit anyone who's listening uh, who may have similar struggles from whatever. So mm-hmm. chat is open. If you're listening or watching live, uh, be a part of the conversation. If you haven't liked, followed, subscribed, shared, do all those things, and you'll be notified of more interviews like this. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> is this Is this hard for you to talk about? Not anymore. It's getting easier. Okay. At first, it was really, really hard. Um, I didn't want to write the book. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's definitely an obedience thing, but um, it's getting easier the more I talk about it. Let's dive into your story. Um, take us back to where you want to kind of begin, where some of these issues that kind of haunted you in adulthood really started as a child. Okay. So I grew up in the Dallas area. Um, in Ellis County, great childhood. It was wonderful. Um, actually I didn't get to Ellis County yet. I was in Lancaster. So, um, that's where I grew up. Great childhood, going to church, grew up in church. Um, it was, uh, a couple years later that our town kind of started to change. And, you know, these are all memories that I have. So I don't really remember all of the details, like kind of, um, you know, I don't really know what was going on for real, I guess, but I remember it getting so bad that we had to move. Crime? Uh, Crime Crime-wise? Is that what you're talking about, the crime in Lancaster? um, Yes. Um, And I just remember hearing certain conversations, couldn't even tell you who was saying what, um, but it was the kind of people that were moving in. We needed to move to a safer place. So we moved to Red Oak, um, that's when I would end up graduating high school. Um, I was 10 years old. And um, so when I started school there is when the problem started. So I did not realize So my mom um, was white and my dad was black. He is black, but he uh, was never in my life. They were divorced from early on. So I never knew him, never saw him. Um, had vague memories of my family on his side. You know, there was a little bit of relationship kind of in there, in and out, um, but just don't really remember, mainly just with my mom's family. Mm. Uh, So when I moved to Red Oak, I didn't really understand that I was any different than the people of my mom's family in my life. Mm. I thought I was just like them. Um, But it was a different kind of atmosphere there, and the kids... um, 
you know, they weren't like me. So I have a half sister. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and she has a different dad um, that's white. So she was white. So they're all like her. I thought I was like them too. But then they started making fun of me because of my hair at the time. It was, um, you know, it was just crazy. (laughs) It was a lot different than this, but, um, you know, so I had weird hair. It was weird to them. It was like an afro. Um, I had really dark skin, you know, and I was kind of a little chubby child. But, uh, you know, and they just started making fun of me. They just started talking about my hair and talking about, you know, how I looked. And it made me realize, oh, wait a minute, I am different where mm-hmm. I had never even seen it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would tell me, come right out, you know, well, you're, you're wrong because you're black. Your dad is black. That is wrong. You know, really like, Oh yeah. That, that point in the, now what is this in the eighties, nineties? This was not, so I was 10. So 91. Wow. Yeah. I honest like, to God, I, you, I mean, you, you want to think we're past that kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Go, go so, ahead. Uh, so I just, you know, and I can't remember who said what, anything like that. I think the Lord has, um, you know, safeguarded me in that way. It, it was just the way that it was. Um, and so I was so hurt by it. I did not talk to anyone in my family. I was embarrassed. So I um, just did. I decided at 10 years old that I was going to do whatever it took to stop the rejection. Um, I started straightening my hair. Um, literally back then we did not have straightening irons. I literally got out the iron Mm. and would lay my hair on the iron board with a towel, started straightening my hair. Um, just, you know, pretty much didn't eat, like start, like went through seasons where I just like, wouldn't eat, starved myself, wanted to lose weight, wanted to look a certain way. It's where all that image, you know, and of course this has gotten to junior high. So that was going to happen anyway, you know, with the whole image thing, but it was this, um, you know, being biracial. It was just not accepted. And so I wanted to be accepted. And so I started that at 10. Um, long story short, it lasted until about four years ago. <laughs> where I'm living up to this image. By the time I got into adulthood, I started going with putting blonde in my hair. Um, you know, I tell people the darker my heart, the blonder my hair, because I, I look back on pictures and mm. I can see the lighter my hair was, the more, um, you know, turmoil I was in internally. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I was a teacher by this time. So I go through life just with that mindset. Um, I had wonderful people in my life. And I do want to say that not everybody was like this, obviously my mom, you know, but I never talked to her about it. I just stuff things down and just move on. Cause that's what I was taught to do. You know, you just move on. It'll be fine. You know? Um, and so, uh, got a teaching degree, graduated college. Um, a lot happened in between, which is a whole nother thing. So I won't go down that rabbit hole, but um, just on this subject was teaching seventh grade English. Um, I'm 36 years old. I'm sitting at a table with a group of teachers that I sat with every single day, um, you know, doing my job professional. Um, and somebody had found out 
that I was biracial. And it is something that I still kept very secret. I mean, I would lie. People always thought I was Hispanic and I would never say it was true, but I would never say it wasn't true. I would just go with it. Um, and so someone found out and we we're sitting at lunch and uh, I just was straight up ass. She's like, I didn't know you were biracial. And I mean, it was like, I, I was at a loss for words. I couldn't, I mean, I like just, it struck a fear in me and I was almost just like paralyzed. And so my mind was racing. I was terrified. I didn't know what to say. And, um, I, but I was trying to, you know, play it cool. I didn't want anyone to know that I was freaking out. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, I am. And, um, and then the other teachers, I mean, but in my head, I was like, that's it. I've lost all my friends. I've lost, I'll never, you know, I will be lonely. I mean, it's it's everything that happened to me at 10, I've still, mm. I guess it was, it was still in there. That's how I lived my life, like on eggshells all the time. So, Not want anyone to know. I, it's, here's, here's the thing that stuns me. Um, so you're, so you're biracial. So what? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. yeah, I mean, there's an interest like, oh, OK, and I can see. Yeah, I mean, that can unfortunately in the culture uh, that can lead to issues on both races, because, I mean, I've, you know, yeah. you know, how it yeah. is. Any, yeah. anybody can kind of push you into you're not in the end group. Uh, yes. And so that's all that. But that's all garbage. I, I just. Right. What 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 was it that settled into you to mm. where that reaction? Because I don't even know that teacher was she saying it as an accusation or just an observation no. or yeah no she actually has biracial kids oh. uh, yeah and she was married to a black man and she was white you know so no it's no big deal but that was the day that I actually the Lord revealed you know. I was so worried about being rejected from them that God showed me because of their reaction that I was the one with the ugly heart. I was the one that had allowed, you know, that small season of my life to truly penetrate my heart. And mm. I was the one lying. I was the one who cared more about what man thought, mm. even though that was 26 years prior, mm -hmm. you know, I had never given anybody another chance to reject mm -hmm. me again. Wow. Um, and, and I do want to say that it was from both sides. I was told that, you know, I was wrong. That's wrong. You're not, races aren't supposed to mix. I would hear from both black and white Crazy. sides. So I just kind of grew up Crazy. just kind of with my head down, you know, even though I would, do everything I could to put up a front that all was all was well, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. internally I was always kind of just ashamed and just tried so hard to be accepted. And so at 36, there I sit mm -hmm. still in that condition, married to a preacher, big deal, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Okay. I want to get into that because that, uh, that impacted you negatively in that which is a place yeah. where they're supposed to be healing. But I have a, I have a question for you. Just fundamentally, um, you know, when I was in biology in public high school here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm -hmm. we were taught that there were three races, Caucasian, mm -hmm. African, Asian, and that they evolved 
from common ancestor but evolved differently and separately. And that goes back to Darwin and even before Darwin. And that's where a lot of that's, that's basically where racism comes yeah. from. Were you taught that as well? I'm just curious. Um, I was not taught that, but I was taught in, uh, I guess you could say religious circles. You know, I grew up in church. I would, I would hear that the black race was cursed. The market so, came. The market yeah. came. Oh, garbage. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm like, well, God, you know, and then I would just think, well, God's just really nice for letting me just live. I mean, seriously, that's what, that's how I thought. You know, because I grew up in church, I in the church, but nobody ever said anything. But of course, I never spoke it, so no one really knew what I was dealing with because I was yeah. so embarrassed. Well, yeah, I mean, and and see that that shame is so not from God; it's straight, straight from the pit. By the way, if you, anybody out there is watching and you're in a church that teaches that that black people or anybody is cursed by the mark of Cain or that any kind of curse sits on someone because of their ethnicity or skin color or anything like that you're in a church that is teaching garbage and they're twisting the scripture it is not true if there were any curses that ever existed jesus broke them on the cross there is none he puts he has a kingdom now that is from every tribe every nation and anyway biblically there's one race and i'm i'm guessing you that's where you come from now right oh yeah Okay. For sure. And scientifically, the idea of race has been debunked. It's junk mm-hmm. science. There's more DNA difference from certain, you know, white people to other white people, and there's a bigger difference from one group of black people, Africans to another group of Africans than there is between yeah. so-called white and so-called black. So, right. I mean, it's it's all it's all garbage. What it ends up being is a social construct. The idea of race is a social Absolutely. construct used to oppress people. That's it. And yes. We need to reject it as Christians entirely. Yes. So, anyway, I'll quit preaching about race, but the, what what the reason I feel passionately about it is because it puts shame on a little girl that affected her into her 30s in <laughs> a way mm. that's it's just it's that you want to talk about what's wrong. That's yeah. the wrong. Mhm. Yeah. Which led to a lot of foolish decisions in my adulthood, Um, you know, because if you don't think God loves you, (laughs) you know, you act like he doesn't love, you know, if you feel like you're worthless, you're being told you're worthless, well, you start acting worthless. Um, And so, you know, that's the other part of my story is, you know, God he came to me at a time when I was completely um, hopeless. I had moved away from home. Um, this was before I graduated college, kind of in those years. Um, and I had met my husband, which was a freak thing. We only knew each other three weeks. We got married. <laughs> um, I am an hour and a half away from home in a town that I'd never heard of. Because, you know, when you're when you're from the Metroplex and you live anywhere outside the Metroplex, anything outside the Metroplex is like boondocks, you know, (laughs) where am I? Um, And so I was in that um, and we had just joined a church, like was like the one that I had grew up in. And uh, my husband was in the oil field at the time. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. We were both from broken homes. We had no idea what we were doing, but I had kids now. So I wanted to go to church Mm. because I grew up, you go to church, right? Mm. (laughs) So 
um, we started going, our marriage got worse, um, ended up being separated. Um, he left. So here I am, I'm still, um, you know, feeling worthless just for being on the planet because I'm thinking I'm not supposed to be here. Races, you know, mixing races wrong, you know, all this stuff. And so now my husband's gone and I'm like, I mean, really, that was my rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's when, um, I was six months pregnant with my son. Um, and I had my daughter Dixie, um, she was two. And, um, that's when I finally, you know, I was saved when I was eight years old and it was authentic. Um, and I always thought, you know, the Lord was kind of like my sidekick. He kind of just went with me everywhere. Mm -hmm. That was kind of how I was taught, <laughs> you know, I didn't know about a personal relationship. And so when my husband left, that's when I finally, I just went out, um, you know, we live in this town. The stars were beautiful. It overlooked a ranch in front of our house. And I just was so upset. And I just yelled at God, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? And that was it. And then from that moment, my life, he, he answered me. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so, okay. Well, what was he doing? <laughs> what was God doing for, for um, Yeah. Well, he was bringing me back. Mm. He was bringing the prodigal back in and he was setting me up for this that happened four years ago to reveal um the wrong way of thinking i'd had and why i was in why i had done so much stuff why i had gotten into all the stuff i'd gotten into like where it stemmed from mm -hmm. it just all came together and made sense and i'm not making excuses for my actions at all but it all makes so much sense now um, just why I thought the way I did and why I did the stuff I did. Um, and so, yeah, so he answered me, you know, and he welcomed me back that very moment. Yeah. And, um, so I, it was so bad. The church we had just started going to, um, had to set me up in a house that they owned. Um, cause I had no job. I was praying. I was still in school, but, um, I mean, my car, got repossessed because I had no, I had nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm pregnant with a two-year-old. They moved me into this house. The church literally did every single thing for me. Love it. They, yeah, food, I mean, toilet paper, like we had nothing. Um, all the stuff for my kid. I mean, it was just, and so in that house, I met the Lord for real, mm. you know, uh, that's where our personal relationship started. Uh, I had ladies who would come and just minister to me. They gave me a Bible. I actually started reading it. I couldn't understand anything. And the ladies were like, well, you know, they taught me that you have to, it's a spiritual thing. You've got to have the spirit to understand. So I started asking, I had no idea what that was. I was like, Lord, I need that spirit thing because I can't understand <laughs> yeah. what's in here. And he did. And the first verse was Galatians 5, 16 through 23. And I would stay up because my husband's gone. I have no contact with him. I have no idea what's going on. I'm an hour and a half away from home, pregnant. And so I just started um, reading the Bible, just talking to the Lord. He was so close to me. Um, and I would memorize that scripture at night because I'd wake up with nightmares and I would just repeat that scripture because mm -hmm. it was the only thing I understood. You know, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, stay in step with the spirit. Do not gratify desires of the flesh. I mean, I would just, because it was just hell. It, yeah. it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. 
Um, and so what ended up happening was my mom was like in Dallas still, and she's like, come home right now. What is wrong with you? And, but the Lord was saying, hold on, wait, wait, wait. And so I had to tell my mother who taught me to hear the voice of the Lord to hold on. I can't come home because the Lord is saying, wait, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she, um, didn't care. She was mad right. as a mother, you know, yeah, would be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. She's like, no, come home right now uh, with my grandbabies. And, but the Lord's told me to wait. And he taught me that I was in a spiritual battle. I began to understand that for the first time. Yeah. Um, and so, and how to use the scriptures. And I started doing that and I loved my husband home. He said, now I want you to love him home, pray for him, pray against you know, the schemes of the enemy that are coming against your family, because that's what's happening right now. And so he gave me clarity. So all this is happening in six weeks. All of this happened. And um, so I just started, you know, when people would bring negativity, you know, and or talk about my husband, look what he's doing to you. No, nope, uh-uh. the Lord has a plan. Um, And so ended up, he just called me one day and he was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> And I'm like, he had no idea I would move. The church had moved me. Mm. And um, I said, well, you can meet me at the church if you want anything to do with your son. And he did. And four hours later, he was down on the floor confessing, praying and, um, you know, surrendered his life to the Lord. Wow. And, you know, he accepted wow. the Lord, too, as a child. But, you know, we right. were just a mess. Yeah. And uh, and then not long after that, he surrendered a call to ministry. So here we are. We've been in ministry now for a long time. I can't even yeah. uh, 17, 16, 17 years. So, so here, here's here's my question. Because I mean that's amazing, and somebody needed to hear that because there are people that are at their rock bottom. Yeah, and they need to know that yeah, God can turn things around fast. It may may be slow. You know, yeah. it may take a while because uh, He yeah. respects people's free will. You know, but. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always at work and he's always on your side. Yeah. Uh, just come home to him, right? But yeah. I, I want to know some of the lies that had to be eradicated from your belief system yeah. uh, to get rid of the shame, um, yeah. to get rid of the pressure to perform or to please people, to get mm-hmm. you to a place where you know that you're his and that's all that matters. And God's mm-hmm. not not your husband's. You're, you're God's, yeah. and uh, yeah, you're a daughter of the King. Yeah. End of story. You're right. What What were some of those things that had to had to go? Yeah. Well, fast forward. We're back to the lunch table after that uh, teacher had, um, you know, asked me that question, and it came out. There was another teacher that made a comment that is where I learned all this that changed my life. She said, she was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that you're biracial. She said, do you know who you look like? And I'm like, who? And she's like, Meghan Markle. Well, it was the first time I had ever heard that name. And I didn't even know who it was. I'm like, who is that? So she had to explain it. But what ended up happening was I went home and looked her up and saw everything. God used Meghan Markle (laughs) in her story because her birthday is August 4th, two days, August 6th, same year. I could not, I mean, like I'm at home, like Googling her, like in the dark, crying in the bed because of what had happened that they know that I'm biracial now and now I'm not going to have any friends. <laughs> so I'm so sad. There's a and I'm, right there. Yeah. I know. And so I'm Googling Meghan Markle and the Lord is showing me 
you know, she's about to marry a prince. And I'm like, wait a minute, we can't do that. We can't. And the Lord used her life to say, oh, yes, you can. And so when I watched their wedding and I watched her walk down that aisle, the Lord spoke to me and he's like, that is who you are. That's what I've been trying to tell you your whole life, Mm. you know, Mm. and um, approach my throne, you know, like to me in confidence. This is who you are. You are a princess. You are my princess. And it doesn't matter if you're black or white or both or you know, it, it broke down so many walls in my own life. Interesting. So, was this was this before or after President Obama? I'm curious. Uh, this was 2018. So, because I mean, yeah. if you you know, President Obama's mother's white, dad's black, and he's president. Oh, I, I mean, right? You yeah. would think that that would it would send a pretty clear signal that we're done with all that garbage, all that racial division and oppression. Well, and I know we're not, I know we're not, but I don't know. It just, it frustrates me that that lie still permeates society. Well, and like we moved here in this little bitty town we are for my husband to pastor. And we first moved here, um, you know, I would hear things like, so someone was giving us a tour of the town, all 135 people. <laughs> of it, and they're like, well, this is the black side of town. Ah. And I remember thinking, you gotta be, yeah, I got to watch my language. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Where am I supposed to live? <laughs> you know, but those are normal things. And to people, there's to some people that's normal. Mm. And it was normal for me until the Lord said, that's not normal. Uh-huh. That's not right. Mm-mm. And that's, that's the condition of our church right now. That's the church, not little C, our little one, like the big capital C church. We're, we're divided. We're not completely unified. Not all of us. Ex- explain that a little bit because, you know, I'm in college. I went to higher dimensions in Tulsa um, a, a bit just because I knew the pastor who was black. Uh, and it was very much uh, just a racial, you know, like there were, Multiple. it didn't, you know, it just did kind of didn't matter. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, we could, we could appreciate, I love culture. I love, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you've got an unusual, not you, but you know, some of them have an unusual last name. I'm like, where does that come from? You know? And, yeah. and so yeah. I think culture is beautiful. I right. don't think it's a barrier and it shouldn't yeah. be a division, but you're, you're seeing it still. And I don't, I know I'm not completely ignorant. I know that there are issues, but how widespread do you think the division is over this ungodly idea of race? Yeah, it's, uh, I can just, I've just only lived in small towns Yeah, and I've never lived anywhere where it's been, multicultural where we everyone accepts everybody there's always a black and white side of town wherever i've lived always um and that's a normal thing oh well that's the black church oh well that's i mean we even here we have a black cemetery well yeah like it's not currently being used that way is it tell me no yeah yeah is it are you kidding me no yes and it's whispered so i'm you know we're essentially still new here and so there was someone you know we're at the biggest church in our town and someone was having a funeral and I'm like, Oh, well, and someone said a cemetery. I was like, where is that? And they're like, Oh, and they whisper it. That's the black cemetery. I'm like, why do we have to with what? First of all, why do we have a black cemetery? Second of all, why do we have to whisper that? I think we know why we have to whisper <laughs> I mean, it because it's, it's just, that's my lot. That is my life. Jeez. That has been it. And that's what's going on. I mean, that's, 
And, you know, and I said the same thing to the Lord. I did not want to write this book. Lord, no, no, no. Who cares? Lord, I told him, who is going to care? Nobody cares. Like I literally thought I was the only one in the world that had an issue and I just needed to stay quiet. I just need to be quiet. Um, but since I've written it, I, there are so many, I see so many little girls, so many. And I wonder, I mean, obviously, because the Lord wouldn't have me tell my story if, you know, it was useless. And so, um, you know, and I've heard of some biracial girls that are, you know, like teenagers going through uh, having to deal with a lot of racism, even in high school, you know, out here. And it's it's still happening. It's yeah, it's very real. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. Uh, you can you can read Christy's story in her book, Naturally Curly. If you know someone that is by what we call biracial, I'll use the term so you understand it um, and maybe dealing with stuff pick, pick this book up and give it to them and most of all one when well okay I'll, I'll ask you I got my opinion I'm very opinionated in this area because I I hate this garbage right um, what what should people do to kill this to kill the whispers mm. um, expose it yeah shine a light on it just expose it but be ready because <laughs> That's that's the season I'm in right now, loving your enemies. Because I already knew they were my enemies, but it's easy when you don't say anything. You just move on. Oh, well, that's just so-and-so. That's how he's always been. Well, the Lord's not letting me do that anymore. And so now my enemies are being exposed as well. Mm. And so but what is the Lord's answer to that? Serve them. Serve them. Yeah. So yeah, that's a whole other fight. Um, but that's, that's how this thing is going to happen. This is the only way that we're going to reach unity. We're going to have to love one another for real. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think we need some complex theory to start categorizing people and shaming people and calling people bad. Just love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's not happening in no. any church or any town no. or where where we have these divisions or this the shame or this, this whispering and i get some of the whispering is because you don't want to offend somebody that you might think be easily offended but we just okay we just be done with that i just yeah god right. let us be done <laughs> yeah just expose it just say it all right um so your the church that your husband pastors mm-hmm What's it look like? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it it's a little bitty country church. Yeah. You know, it's the Baptist church in town. I mean, we don't really have a town, but <laughs> we have our house, the church, the Methodist church and the post office and a little store. Um, it It is not multicultural. Is the I mean, is the area because I mean you're I know where you're at in Central Texas and I'm sure there's there's tons of Hispanics down there. Yeah, I mean you know I guess it is a little bit. I mean there's not not every single person. It's not just one race completely, yeah. but predominantly. Uh, you know my husband. Um, you know we had the first black deacon. Um, that has been in that church um, since, you know, like 1893, I think, when our church started. Um, 
you know, and he's still, they don't attend COVID really kind of, sure. you know, the whole, it renewed the whole thing. But, uh, so they're not currently attending, but, um, you know, that happened. That's because my husband's like you, you know, he thought I was crazy for, because he used to tell people, you know, oh, she's black or she's this. I'm like, don't say that. Like, I would get so, he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, he didn't understand. He th- thought it was funny. Like, he loves it. He, yeah. you know, yeah. and so um, he's just, yeah. Um, but here's, so, here's, the, here's the thing. God loves it too. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah all sorts of people he had to break down all sorts of walls once i got that one out Mm -hmm. it was like oh it just it gushed i mean so many prejudices i had Mm -hmm. so many Mm -hmm. and the lord is like oh we're not stopping there we're gonna take care of everything (laughs) oh man okay uh i you know there's getting some good comments pick up christy's book but i want to i i don't want to leave people totally hanging i mean i think we've kind of harped on the negative um just what would you say maybe in the way of encouragement to anybody white or black or hispanic or biracial or i just, i still hate the terms surrounding race because I, I do think it's an ungodly human construct um but whatever culture whatever people look like what 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 encouragement do they need to hear that we can really love each other as you know jesus said we should and could yeah well I think it's important um, just to remember and know who he is um, and that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't discriminate. He doesn't even show favoritism. Um, And so, you know, I think if we just know him, we'll be able to see, you know, that's why it's like, love the Lord God first, love him first, come to him so that you can love your neighbor because we can't do it on our own. That's um, the work of the Holy Spirit. There's no way we can do what he sent us to do without him. So I think, um, you know, God loves you just the way you are. He really does. Despite what anybody says, yeah, yeah. they do not know. Yeah. They don't. Uh, that's it. And, and that's, I, I honestly, I, I don't know what to tell people who reject God. I think you're probably going to be stuck in the world's systems of division and oppression and hatred and jealousy and shame and envy and all these other things that they like to talk about. Um, but I think the only solution is in, in Christ. I, I just do because uh, he breaks. Break, he, he's the one that can break down the the human heart that looks down on others because of their culture or color. Uh, and he's the one that can break the shame that may be felt by those who think that they're less than because of their background or their DNA or whatever. And he's the one that can bring us together where we can actually love each other the way we're supposed to. Right. It's all in him. Yeah. All right, Christy, uh, I want to show people your website real quick. Uh, you do have one out there. It's naturallycurly.net. Yes. If you go to naturallycurly.com, you're going to get hair products. I yeah. Found that out. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you need them. But I love the curls. I got two daughters. One got the curls, one didn't. And the one that got the curls was always straightening her hair. And the one that didn't get the curls was always <laughs> curling her hair. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. <laughs> we just have yes. a little bit yes. in us. We're, we're always unhappy with what God gave us. And that's part of it. Yeah. I listen to it too. But. Uh, anyway, I, I appreciate you, Christy, 
sharing. Um, you 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 stay strong, and if, if if someone of my shade of skin throws shade on you, you you sick your husband after them. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. I just I don't I don't I'm out of tolerance for for the garbage. I know, so. but there have been some wonderful. You know, I always want to say this to some wonderful people in my life, like you, like that, are like what they don't they can't even fathom it. Yeah. Or people who have read my book in my church who have read my book and came to me and said, "Oh my gosh," with tears, or I am so sorry. Yeah. I can't, you are so right. This is wrong. I can't, you know, who good. see it. Good. So, yeah, I mean, um, they're good people. Our church, good people. Good. They're wonderful. Yeah. Um, the people who raised me, incredible people. But we do, like you were saying earlier before we came on, just blind spots. They're just blind, yeah. and we're listening to the wrong voice. Yeah. yeah, and I've got mine, and and I've had some good people point them out. And if you see one, Point pointed out. I, I don't want to be that way unintentionally. I mean, I'm not going to be that way intentionally. Right. You can be sometimes unintentionally, and I, and I don't want to be that way either. So we have to be humble. It's it's easy to get angry. Be angry, but don't sin, right? Hey, I have one question for you. Uh, okay. Is your older sister, who's blonde hair, blue eyed, yes. is her actual name Sunshine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is that is kind of funny. I'm sorry. Let's just kind of. No, no, that's a normal reaction to that. Yeah. My mom, uh, I don't actually really know where sunshine came from. I just know my mom was a very, very interesting person. She <laughs> lived her life. I'll just want to tell you. <laughs> she didn't listen to nobody. Did you ever get back? Did you ever establish a relationship with your father? I should follow up with that question. I still have not. Uh, we are, we haven't, we've, it, we kind of dabbled in relationship kind of in and out, but we, um, I do, I'm very close to my uncle, my aunt, uncle, his older brother huh. and his wife. Um, and I do have a few cousins that I still talk to, but, uh, my dad and I do not have a relationship as of right now. Oh, well, we'll pray for that. Pray for that. Thank you. Uh, the healing there. All right. God wants to heal. He wants to eradicate the, the shame and he wants to eradicate the pride. And he yeah. wants to eradicate any, any any ungodly characteristic that hinders us loving each other the way he loves. Uh, and that's the only solution. So, again, Chrissy, I'll say goodbye. It's been really interesting. I appreciate you. I really do. Um, and <laughs> you, you stay strong. And if, if you're having a down day, you know, you got people that you can reach out to. I know you know that. Uh, but you we're behind you. I think you need to know you got a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are like, I'm su supporting her. I'm, I am behind you. We got your back as best we can. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate you guys out there. If you know anybody in a little small town in Texas that needs to hear this, forward it to them. Because it just, it stuns me, but yet I know, I guess it's because I don't live there, but I know that this is still an issue and we got to keep going at it in love. That's the hard part for me sometimes in love uh, and break down these walls we can do it people we can do it together so you come back next year next week rather and we'll have some more conversations and uh, hopefully bring you some inspiration some thought some hope some encouragement uh, and we'll be right here for you Life Today Live see you again next time are we safe to America
true to what you said on paper. 